This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. You don't look, don't look now, but the, uh, the New Jersey Devils have won seven games in a row. You're probably sick of hearing me talk about New Jersey, but here I go again. Probably sick of me talking about Nico Heischer, but here I go again, game-winning goal last night. Um, they beat the Calgary Flames. We are standing by for Eric Francis, trying to connect with him now. Upper body injury for Jonathan Huberto day-to-day. Uh, there, It is struggling times right now for the Calgary Flames, as we well know. Uh, a couple of other interesting notes around the NHL from last night. Winnipeg Jets, uh, as we all predicted, tops of the division. Kyle Connor, three assists. Mark Shifley, a pair of goals. Appleton with three assists, right? All of a sudden, there's thing of the Dallas Stars, the tune of 5-1. to one. Um, Lost in a lot of the goalie conversation this season, uh, and I don't know why, because he's kind of a superstar name. Connor Hallibuck's been excellent and was, you know, really good again last night, 21 saves. Wasn't as if he had to put up a Shishterkin 35 or 37. It's a 21 save performance. You know, stop the shots that are in front of you. Connor Hallibuck has been excellent uh, for the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. Uh, The Islanders. (sighs) The Islanders beat the Rangers. No, 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 no. The Islanders come back again to beat the Rangers, the third period heroes. The New York it's a dangerous way to live. It's a dangerous way to play. You know, give them leads and see what happens. But the Islanders are starting to really and have pull things together. And the one the one player that you want to really follow here, just to see if he can do it, just to see if he can go like 0 and 82 is Matthew Barzell who's taken 38 shots this season, scored on zero, but has 15 assists. Has a player ever led his team in scoring and not scored a goal? <laughs> and if so, could we see it this season from Matthew Barzell, the New York Islanders? Pause on that conversation. Eric Francis joins me now from Sportsnet. Uh, the Calgary Flames lose another one, uh, this time at the hands of the red-hot New Jersey Devils. Eric, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you, Jeff? Uh, I'm doing good. Like, yeah, going into yesterday, I said to myself, okay, this is a game that's designed for New Jersey to lose. Coming off a successful road trip, you know, feeling really good about yourself, got a little cut in your strut, feeling this is a chance for a collapse. The first game back at home, uh, but quite the opposite happens. And here we are talking about an extended Calgary Flames uh, losing streak. How did you see yesterday's game? And by the way, if anyone hasn't seen New Jersey yet, please understand this is a team loaded with skill that can strike quick and end a game fast. Your thoughts on last night? Oh, I think you nailed it. We saw Calgary on Saturday night, and you know, uh, I'm a little slow to, to, to sometimes. To, uh, I still okay, we're gonna give you we're, we're gonna give you a buzz back, Eric. We're having a hard time with your we're having a hard time with your phone right now. We'll get you on a better line. Um, that phone is the equivalent of how the Calgary Flames have been playing right now. It's kind of like roller skating down a gravel road uh, right now for the Calgary Flames. And the thing of the weird thing about it too is it almost seems as if it's at a lot of different positions now. It's not as if, well, they're having a hard time with their blue light. Ah, the goaltenders are really struggling. Ah, they're having a hard time putting the puck in the net. Ah, they got some players out of position. This guy's really a fourth-line player, and they got him up on the second line. Like, it's a combination of everything right now. And I don't think anybody gets the uh, impression that Daryl Sutter, whom everyone claims to love his press conferences, I don't think that this guy's amused one bit. Um, I don't think that there's anything funny going on with the Calgary Flames, either intended or otherwise. So we'll try to get Eric back here um, in a couple of moments. Things have not gone well. And, you know, you, you wonder what the issue is. 
And maybe it's just, you know, maybe just that he's been injured going back to the beginning of the season. But, you know, five on five points have been a struggle all season long for Jonathan Huberto. And now it's out with the upper body injury and it's day to day. I guess if you're going to have your struggles, do it early in the season. Uh, better early than late uh, if you're the Calgary fans. One thing we should mention as well, and I don't think that Brad Treliving has made this any kind of secret or anything. Um, you know, Pretty safe to say that the Calgary Flames are still looking for one more forward. Uh, and you wonder if this losing streak now, which you know has extended... Uh, if that hasten things hastens things along, like there are a few teams that we would strongly suspect are, you know, looking to to get into the market and make some moves to help their team right now. We talked about the Ottawa Senators, throw the Calgary Flames into that mix as well, and as we talked about with Elliot a couple of seconds ago, safe to say the St. Louis Blues are very much in the mix right now, which is kind of in a uh, in a lot of ways maybe strange for longtime hockey viewers, considering it's November 9th and teams are already significantly panicking. You know, as much as this is a streaky league and there are teams that are on hot heaters right now and, you know, Vegas is on a heater, the New Jersey Devils are on a heater, like, it is a streaky league. Still, you can really put yourself in a pit. You can really drive your season off the road as early as November now. Eric, we got you back on a, on a, on a cleaner line. Thanks so much for being patient. Um, your thoughts on what you saw last night? You know, we saw the, the Devils in Calgary on Saturday night, and uh, I'm a little slow on the, up the on the uptake, and I still saw the, the Devils as a team that was still a couple of years away. And, and I'm still not sure if they can sustain this all year long, but I'm going to tell you, that is one fun team to watch. The skill, like you mentioned, is is sublime. The yeah. speed was very hard for the Calgary Flames to contain when they first saw them on Saturday. And, and the same again last night. And when I watched the New Jersey Devils, the overwhelming thought for me as a Calgarian is, man, had the Columbus Blue Jackets not come along at the 11th hour on, on free agency day and made that phone call to Johnny Gaudreau, him as a New Jersey Devil would have been scary. Like the, the, he would have fit perfectly in yeah. to a team that's built on speed, deception, skill. Uh, anyway, I'm impressed by the team, and uh, and and not surprised they were able to beat the Flames again last night. Yeah, you know the only thing that I do wonder about the New Jersey Devils, and again, this is getting way ahead of myself on this one too, because the regular season is one thing, and the playoffs are something completely, completely different than the regular oh, yeah. season. I just don't know if the, I just don't know if they're big enough for the playoffs. That, that's my only concern. Like you're right, like super loaded with skill. We all know what the uh, what the playoffs are, but that's we'll park that for another conversation. Uh, what's the deal with Huberto? What gives? Well, he couldn't get his foot in his skate, uh, and that's why he was unavailable um, last night. Uh, you know, I don't think that bodes well moving forward. I don't have a timeline. Obviously, the Flames are very good at keeping this stuff under wraps. As a matter of fact, I think they originally told us it was an upper body injury, and then he upper was spotted body. in a, yeah. a walking, yeah, yeah, in a walking uh, a boot. So, uh, not good. Um, just you know, what's next for Jonathan Huberto? It just seems like. 
you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have none at all. It's been, it's been a, I don't want to call it a nightmare, but it's just been such a slow transition for him to find his game. And, and it's all, I think, you know, because of the structure. And that's not a, a slam on this coach. I mean, the structure is what got this team to win the division last year in the regular season. But he and Mackenzie Weger, to a lesser extent, are having a real hard time fitting into that structure after playing in that run-and-gun style in Florida. Um, you know, I think the, the, the term from the coach was uh, structure and then freedom. <laughs> That's kind of the way he's, he's put it to Mackenzie Weger. <laughs> Once you learn the structure, I'll give you some freedom. But until you learn the structure, you better stay within our system. And, and the whole team's just having a hard time. Little lapses here and there. You know, this six-game losing skid, five of those games, the Calgary Flames were leading at, at, at one point, which is just so... Unsutter like you know, if there's one thing you could have counted on with this team this year, it was if they do get a lead, because goals are going to be harder to come by this year without those top wingers. Uh, if they do get a lead, they, they should be able to lock it down with their system, their goaltending, their blue line, and uh, and all of it's falling apart. It's it's uh, it's kind of a comedy of errors for them right now. You know the the one thing historically, like, if this were, geez, I don't know, Eric, if this were 15 years ago, for example. I think we'd all look at Huberto and uh, we'd look at Uyghur and we'd say, we understand when players come from the East to the West as a transition period because, you know, the East was always more wide open and the checking was that much more tighter and it was a more physical game in the West. And where you had that extra split half, whatever you want to call it, second to make a play, that vanishes in the Western Conference. Now... You know, here we are, mm-hmm. flash forward 15 years, and they're more. The two conferences are more similar than they are different. But I always do wonder about that. Maybe that's just like an old bias that I have in my head that players from the East will initially struggle when they go to the West uh, because you, you you don't have all the time that you had in the East to make your plays. I don't know. I'm throwing darts at this one because you know I'm trying to figure out why Huberto has struggled so much and. You know why Mackenzie Weger isn't you know doesn't have that that Norris style form that we've seen the last couple of seasons from him. Yeah, I know it is an old cliche, but I'm with you. I still think it is that way uh, in large part. I mean, take on a very micro level, Sam Bennett leaving the Calgary Flames and just never being able to kind of catch on here, going to Florida and then just lighting it up for the first little while. He's since come back down to earth, but he's he's, he's being a very productive player out east. Matthew Kachuk is absolutely lighting it up. I mean, he picked up exactly where he left off last year, but yeah. you're right. It's the, the guys coming west. They're the ones seem to be – I'm not saying they're being held back, but there's just – that. It, there is a, less room to operate, I would say, is what Huberto is finding, generally speaking. Uh, where are you at right now on Nazem Kadri? I mean, right out of the gate, and every time I'd watch the Calgary Flames, I'd say the same thing. Uh, by a huge margin, he's the best player on the Flames. Your thoughts on what you were seeing out of 91? Well, just I agree with you. He's been their best player by far, uh, most consistent. I think he's got a point in all but one or two games. Uh, he's leading in different ways, not just offensively, but you know he's the guy who comes out and talks after a loss every time. and He's a real leader. I think he'll wear the C. I really do think he'll be the guy that ultimately wears the C on this team whenever they decide that that's appropriate and uh, and well-earned. Uh, guys, I don't think anybody was expecting him to come to Calgary and come anywhere near the 87-point total that he had last year. That That's not why you signed Nazem Kadri. You signed him to come and be that second-line center who can help you neutralize McDavid, hopefully at one point in the playoffs. Uh, 
but he's I don't think anyone would be surprised now after what we've seen early on if he eclipsed the 87 point mark. I mean, he's just been brilliant. He, he, it's just Jeff, you you've watched him as closely as anybody and I had lunch with Berkey the other day who drafted him and it's just hey. an amazing transformation the 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 way he's looked at for, forget about the way he's evolved but the way he's looked at when he left Toronto everyone you know I think everyone had their own opinion and it was probably time for him to move on now everyone's looking going there isn't a team in the league that wouldn't want a Nazem Kadri in their lineup right now it's the sweetest perfume right win the Stanley Cup all of a sudden everything's better around you everything looks better everything feels yeah. better everything smells like it's it's like it's the <laughs> ultimate perfume. It's 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 really it's really yeah. remarkable what happens uh, when you uh, when you win that thing. I, I think a lot of people are wondering too. And again, like we're a dozen games into this thing, but um, expectations like expectations for this team were high and rightfully so. Brad for Living had a, an outstanding off season, and there's still a lot of runway here to change things. But I think one of the things that we're looking at and saying, when is this going to happen for this player this season? What's happening with Andrew Mangiapane here? Yeah, I, I I think it all boils down to the fact that, you know, this coach is still trying to find that magic elixir in terms of finding the right line combinations and pairings. And when the coach pairs people together, because um, as you know, most coaches are, are all about pairs and not trios so much. Yes. Um, Majapani is that guy who doesn't really have that natural pairing. He doesn't have that one guy that he's always staying with. Now, he's been pretty good alongside Nazem Kadri for the bulk of this season, but it just hasn't translated into a lot of points. Um, coach is still very hard on Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé, these youngish players, uh, kind of in the middle of their careers. And, uh, yeah, I think I think it'll come for Mangiapane. You remember last year when he, I think he got to the 20-goal mark and he had like three assists. It was the old Cy Young uh, stat line. Yeah, baby. Um, this year he's just, yeah, this year he's just having trouble you know, rack it up points, period. But uh, it, it, I don't think anyone's too worried about him. The, the, I really do believe that all the, the, the issues for the Flames revolve around the fact that they, they still have yet to find the chemistry they need for this team. Five on five, this team has been atrocious this year. That was their sweet spot last year. I think they were the best team in the league last year, five on five. Um, you know, as witnessed by that top line, everyone was like plus 60, plus 64. Um, this year, five on five, the teams just struggled. Like even last night, both goals were power play goals. The, unless this team can can get by on special teams, it's not winning games. And uh, that's that's not the Sutter way. That, that's got to change. And they need chemistry for that to happen. Uh, a thought on the goaltending. This one is not just Markstrom, but these are two, you know, sub nine hundred goaltenders here now. Like I, I, I like good on Nico Heischer scores the game winner, but that's that, that's a shot that Markstrom has. Well, we, that historically Markstrom has had no problem with. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think the first three or four games of the season, he was the first to admit that he wasn't where he needed to be. I think he settled into a real nice groove. And I will say this, that I don't remember stretches last year where he was tested so often in alone. Like, I mean, the, the gaffes that this team is making right now as these guys try to learn this structure or adapt to it or, or just stay consistent with it, it's really quite atrocious how many times this team allows guys to come in uh, on breakaways or on two-on-os. Uh, and Markstrom has come up rather large on a ton of them, but at the end of the day, you miss one near the end of the game, and it's the game winner. That's what everybody's talking about. Uh, I know the coach has been very, very uh, bullish on Markstrom and how he's played, and I agree with him. I think he's been great. It's just that they're asking too much of him on some nights. 
Um, really quickly, um, I try to look for simple answers to things. Uh, <laughs> that's and not just in sports, but in my <laughs> life as well. How much should we should we look at the Calgary Flames and just say like, look, man, no Shillington, no Tanev, Stones hurt now too. What do you expect? And Valamaki was claimed off waivers too. I mean, this team came into camp yeah. with ten defensemen on one way contracts. And I remember being on the I was starting to write a column on is this the best blue line in the National Hockey League? And uh, I decided yeah. to hold off just to see yeah. <laughs> how things went. And and sure, injuries have decimated them without Tanev is your best guy. That's gonna hurt. Stone has has had an incredible camp and or start to the season. So right there, now they're basically down to four defensemen. For a team that was considered to be maybe the deepest blue line in the league, you're basically playing four defensemen. You had two basically rookies on the uh, in the third pair last night getting 11 12 minutes it's quite an amazing shift but the flames for the last decade or so um have been got off scot-free in terms of injuries like the 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 number of man games lost has been minuscule compared to other teams around the league so it's probably you know we always knew there'd be a day where the just the the numbers would catch up to them and i don't know if it's going to snowball and get worse from here but right now yeah it's kind of a (laughs) it's just a it just one after another. We still don't have a word on on yeah. on Shillington. Uh, we respect his space and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yes. yeah, it's it's really starting to weigh heavily on this team. They're getting it from every angle. They really are. It's been tough sledding. Uh, thankfully, if you're going to be bad, be bad in November. Uh, Eric, thanks as always for stopping by, pal. Yeah. Be well. We'll check in soon. You there too, is, my uh, friend. Eric Cheers, Francis thanks. from Sportsnet. The Calgary Flames have now lost six in a row after dropping one last night to the New Jersey Devils. And I know what you're saying. Everybody loses to the New Jersey Devils these days. It's true. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to the program. Just a couple of minutes here to wrap up. We're bringing our producer, Maddie Marchese, who I, uh, I'm led to believe has a Troy Crowder story. I've been talking a lot about Troy Crowder on the show today, which I am fine with, I, by the way. How are you, Maddie? I do, I do have a Troy Crowder story. So uh, my coach and junior that I've talked a bunch about played for the Windsor Spitfires, and they got into a bit of a brouhaha with, and I can't remember who Troy Crowder was playing with at the time. And my coach kind of got matched up with Troy Crowder, realized who it was that he was oh. about to fight. And as the punch was coming in, put his head down to kind of receive the punch. And Troy Crowder broke his helmet yeah. in half with a punch. Man, he hit hard. That really, I mean, he, I mean, everything that Crowder threw was for keeps. I mean, that was the era where, oh, geez. It was um, like every team had sluggers. Like every every squad had sluggers all the way down right through to to junior hockey, and you know there are a lot of fans that might find this completely baffling and surreal. And now that I look back on it, it, it kind of was, but like the sidebar to every game was going to be you know was uh you know Shane Sherla going to fight Tony Twist, or was uh, Basil McRae going to fight Jay Miller, and was Gord Donnelly going to fight John Cordick? like. Every single time these teams got together, you know, was uh, was someone going to try to to dare tangle with, uh, I don't know, Larry Playfair 
of the Buffalo Sabres. You know, who uh, who on, on the Boston Bruins was going to draw... Uh, I don't know, uh, pick a pick a scrapper, was going to draw Brad May's card or Matt Barnaby's card or Rob Ray's card. Like it was, <laughs> it was a wild, three guys. Was wild era <laughs> like, on the same team. <laughs> it's goofy. I catch myself thinking about that a lot. Like, what were we thinking? And then I also say to myself, Maddie, it wasn't that long ago. Like it really wasn't where the NHL just kind of got berserk. Now guys have all skated themselves out and a lot of those players, you know, obviously don't exist anymore. Um, you know, if you can't skate, there's, there's no spot for you here in the NHL, but you know, that era, you know, I know a lot of younger fans look at it and shake their heads. Like, what was that at the time? It just seemed like it was hockey and, oh yeah, this game is going to take four and a half hours. Cause it's going to be like, you know, two line brawls. Or three line brawls and maybe a bench clear. It's wild, man. You remember the yeah, era. and yeah, and I, I was I was younger, so it was very it made an impression on me. And and I know that we've learned a lot about concussions and we've evolved as human beings, as we all like to believe. But I I hate to say this, Jeff, but I kind of miss that era a little bit, man. I really do. Uh. I used to. I don't anymore. I really, I really, I really don't. And it's funny too because you know the me from 20 years ago would have been like, oh, I can never imagine a game without it. Now I don't even notice. And it's fine. Like ser- seriously. And if you want fighting sports or plenty of other fighting sports, where you can go and and get your fix. I understand it when it happens spontaneously now and there's an eruption and it's more of an event. Like there are plenty of teams like. We're going to see teams that go through the entire season with, like, one or no fights at all. Like I was saying to Speck yesterday. Yesterday, Pugliarvi is the only guy that's gotten to fight for the Edmonton Oilers so far this season. Pugliarvi is the only one. Uh, thanks to Greg Wyshynski. Thanks to Eric Francis. Thanks to Elliot Friedman. Thanks to everyone involved in the broadcast today. Merrick Show returns tomorrow at noon. Only got a few games tonight. Cats and Canes, Penguins, Caps. Canucks and Habs. Watch that one on Sportsnet 730. And the Wild and the Ducks on Sportsnet 360 at 10. Back tomorrow.